T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. From the WEEI Studios, the home of the Red Sox, 93.7, WEEI-FM, and HD1, Lawrence, Boston. Always live on the free Odyssey app. Time now for KJ and Dondero with KJ Carson and Mark Dondero on WEEI. WEEI. And streaming everywhere on the Odyssey app. I don't claim to be like the smartest guy in the room, even though I did go to Duke. Um, but, you know, when it goes down to, like, you know, offensive efficiency numbers and things like that, um, which they do, they do matter and they do play a part. But sometimes if you break it down, the top five offenses, right, you know, sometimes the difference between the best offense and the 14th best offense may be, like, two points or, you know, four points in the course of the game. That's a couple, you know, missed layups and threes. Um, I just think, you know, our last couple of games, like tonight, you know, 41% from the field. Um, don't know what we shot against Miami and Orlando, but, um, you know, Golden State, we shot 38%. Um, so, you know, late in the game, we got some good looks. Uh, and then they just did fall. So uh, I feel like we've we still been playing the right way. We've still been playing with sense of purpose and, and, and pace. Uh, you know, sometimes that shit just don't go in. It's as easy as that. And sometime it don't win. Final hour of KJ and Don Darrow here on WEEI. That's Jason Tatum after the game, that Knicks loss, which I just thought was just the kind of a, a, a real revelation, Mark, of where this team is getting so far away from its identity of last year on the defensive end that they're allowing teams to win that should not even be in the games with them. And I've, try, I've tried to defend Tatum. You know me. I've tried to defend him. But I'm thinking that, look, these offensive stats are not more important than defensive stops, and they're not getting him. These turnovers are out of hand. Um, I'm concerned that tonight could be a fourth loss in a row to the Lakers, which would be another Saturday night embarrassment, and make me also wonder how much oomph does Joe Missoula have when he's try- when he- if he's trying to get these guys to lock down on defense. So to me, uh, yeah, we could talk about the defense. We could talk about Joe Missoula, and there's things to talk about. But for me, okay, my thing that I've been on for a long time and the green, you know, the people, what are they called? Uh, green teamers. The green teamers. They don't want yeah. to hear it. Okay. Um, I think Jason Tatum at the end of games, and I'm talking buzzer beaters, not at the end of the fourth quarter down the stretch. I'm talking buzzer beaters. Ten seconds. And I understand I'm nitpicking. But when you're great like Tatum and you're great like the Celtics are great this year, you nitpick. That's what I'm doing. And if you want to talk about possible shortcomings, 
from Joe Missoula, we can nitpick because it might come down to the fact that, hey, this young head coach might need his superstars to help get them over the hump in a playoff series if you're going up against Eric Spolstra, etc. My problem is I believe that Tatum, in the final 10 seconds, Jalen Brown, too. When you make five three free throws in a row, and then in the last however many seconds of overtime with the chance to take the lead, you miss both. It is a thing, KJ, that Tatum, down the stretch, buzzer beater situations, and clutch free throws for Jalen Brown, not coming up big in those spots. That is a thing for the Celtics. Whether you or the green team or they don't want to admit it, fine. To me, that's a thing. Go look at those situations, and I don't have the advanced stats, but when the Celtics have a, a chance to win the game on a buzzer-beating shot, usually it doesn't happen. Okay, oh, that's the reality. You mentioned the missed free throws from Jalen Brown. Here's Jason Tatum's thoughts on those missed free throws. Do you say anything to Jalen? Do you need to? Um, I mean, yeah, everybody, you know, needs a, a pick-me-up, but... Uh, you know, we, we got the most utmost confidence in him. Uh, you know, I can't bet on NBA games, but, you know, I would bet everything I got, he was in that situation again. He would knock them both down. So, uh, you know, just short-term memory, move on and uh, get ready for Saturday. So that's completely different than what you're saying, Mark. You're saying if you had to make a bet, you would bet that it would not happen when it came to a clutch clutch situation. Now, I would argue that in the Orlando game, uh, and then it's Knicks game as well, that this shouldn't have even been a close game if you'd stuck to what you were doing towards the beginning of the game, which was you had your foot on their neck, sure. and then you let them in the game. And then, look, th- this year, they're giving up eight more points a game to opponents than they were last year. Well, last year it was 104, now it's on, at 112. And and I almost wonder if it's kind of like the the permanent substitute teacher that comes in, you know, if someone's on maternity leave or yeah, a teacher goes on the yeah. long-term sub where you, you, you still treat them like a sub, you have respect, but at the end of the day, you don't believe that this guy or this lady is going to have any say over your final grade. And I think as long as Joe Mazzula is the interim and that title is still on him, when, when you get in a huddle or even some of the, the questionable non-calling out of timeouts, Correct. you're like, is this, is this one of those situations where – you don't want to offend because you're not officially the teacher? Or is this one of those situations where they're telling you, we got it, and we're consistently seeing they don't have it? Like Even go back, and this is what's really big about this Lakers game tonight. Go back to the Lakers game in L.A. where I remember I got off the air one night, and I was just like, Celtics were up by like 18. It was early in the fourth quarter. I get home, I you know put a little meal together out of the microwave, open the microwave door, turn on the television. I'm like, why is this game in overtime? That ties to the defense, and 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 that's my issue with this team right now. Look, in, in terms of field goals, they're 14th in the league, but in terms of three, like three point shots, they're number two. But in terms of making twos, they're the third from the bottom. So the 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 love with the three point shot and not making, and the combination of not making them adds to, I think that feeds into why they have problems defending and seeing some of the turnovers. Yeah, I think, I mean, everybody's fear. My One of my fears that I've come across over the course of this stretch during the regular season is that they're that, you know, Phoenix Suns team from 15 years ago. You know what I mean? Like, yes. Steve, they had the great offenses, but they could never get over the hump. This team has proven that they can uh, have a defensive identity and embrace defense. So I'm not all that concerned. Look, I'm not all that concerned. I'm not getting concerned or overly concerned during games or losing streaks in January. I'm not, especially with where this team has been. And Joe Mazzulla has acknowledged that. Now, am I not 
Do I am I totally confident in Missoula's ability in the biggest moments come the spring? No. But I'm well, not well, out on Joe Missoula or anything but like that. One, but wouldn't one touch the other, right? Like if you carry something into February, and it's not like, oh my gosh, you gotta blow the team up where Last year at this point, we were thinking, is this a team that sells or is it a team that buys, right? It turns out they turned everything around around this time of the year last year. So you would want to start getting your legs of showing what you are efficiently standard, efficiently showing this is what your identity is. And maybe I think this identity of the Celtics team still hasn't been established yet, right? Because at least, at least last year, you know, this was the best defensive team in the East. That's not this team this year, right? I mean... The other part of it is, and you hate to say you don't want to do rearview mirror watching, is that Philadelphia seems to have gotten their dysfunctionality together. And while I'm not so much concerned about the Nets uh, as I would be more so the Bucks, the 76ers are a team that concerns me facing the Celtics because it seems like their team, they know their roles. With the Celtics, it's like, okay, Tatum is your leading rebounder and your leading scorer. Like Robert Williams, while he's done an amicable job, you already know what the limitations are. Even in that Miami game mm-hmm. where there's a play where Tatum is about to roll to the basket and toss uh, a lob to Robert Williams, it was like Adebayo was sitting right there. It's almost kind of like other teams know what the Celtics want to do when they start to get into desperation situations, and that's go for the three or try and lob it to Rob Williams, and it seems like they're ready for it. That's why this three-game losing streak. Look, I don't really have a problem with the loss to Miami. You didn't have you didn't have Brogdon. You didn't have Al Horford. You didn't have Smart. He's still going to be out. Um, you didn't have Jalen Brown either. Yeah, but you were up. What were they up? Ten with eight minutes to go or something? You still got to find a way to win that game. But I have a bigger problem with them losing that Orlando game. So that way you say, okay, if you win that Orlando game and lose the Miami game minus four players, it's understandable you get those players back, you come back, you got the Knicks who aren't as bad as they have been, and you kind of really enforce what you want to do to prepare for a game on Saturday that even though you say it doesn't matter because where the Lakers are, but it does matter in the psyche of what this team went through playing them the last time and now having to fight off a losing streak. It could be four tonight, and that would be crazy, and it would be a conversation that we haven't been having about this team at all, a four-game losing streak. I'm just going with what I haven't seen. I've seen them play defense. I've seen them... You know, struggle in the regular. You've seen season. them play. Dis- you've seen them play defense this this season. Not this season, but I've seen yeah. this core. Look, they're not a bad defensive team. They're just not what they used to be. I've seen this core embrace defense, play good defense, and I do subscribe. I mean, I've seen this core also flip a switch, seemingly. Okay, yeah. and, and, and by the way, did nothing. I mean, last year, if nothing else, taught us that the regular season really doesn't matter. I mean, they were as bad as you could be around this time last year. A little. Uh, before this time last year, I was literally tweeting out, I can't wait to see how the Celtics find a way to lose tonight. And then all of a sudden they're in the finals tearing through all these great teams or, you know, these great players on these teams. So the regular season is what it is. The thing that I keep going back to because I've never really seen it is at the end of games when the clock is winding down, I don't think Jason Tatum is that good in those spots. Not in the fourth quarter, okay? It's at the end clock winding down buzzer beater and I just think when you play against good teams and good players in the playoffs in the biggest moments when everybody's as locked in as they've been all year you're going to find yourself in some of those situations and it'd be nice if the Celtics once in a while could win in that spot when the game's tied and you have the ball and you have the final shot make it once in a while and I do think that Jalen Brown does have a propensity 
to, to pucker up when he has a free throw. That's a big moment. When it's in a big clutch spot and you have to make a free throw, I think Brown has puckered up in those spots, and I do think that's a thing. So yeah. that if I'm nitpicking, which is what I'm doing because they're so good, I'm going to go there because it's a thing. It's a thing at this point. Well, look, I, I, there's something I see right now that we'll have to discuss on the second side of this break. 617-779-7937. Text line 37937. The Celtics defense thing, how it could bite them in the bud once you get to the playoffs. You'll be shocked what I tell you. But right now it's time to trend with Stiz. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. The NFL Conference Championships are tomorrow. The 49ers are in Philly taking on the Eagles at 3.30, followed by the Bengals in Kansas City taking on the Chiefs at 6.30. Don't forget, both of those games can be heard right here on WEEI. Per Field Yates, Patrick Mahomes was a full participant in practice and is off the injury report. Albra Breer is reporting that the Patriots are flying out former player Ryan Wendell out to Las Vegas to interview for the open offensive line coaching position. Wendell played nine seasons with the Pats and helped New England win a Super Bowl in 2014. He spent the last four seasons with the Buffalo Bills, holding the title of assistant offensive line coach for the previous three campaigns. The Bruins' road trip continues tonight as they take on the Florida Panthers. Puck drops at 6 p.m. And your Boston Celtics have lost three in a row. They'll try and turn it around tonight when they host LeBron James and the Lakers. Robert Williams is questionable, and Marcus Smart is out with a right ankle sprain. Tip-off at 8.30. I'm Stiz. That's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. You're listening to KJ and Don Darrow on Boston Sports Original. WEEI. You guys have the Lakers and LeBron here on Saturday. You obviously had a couple showdowns in the playoffs the first couple years in the league. How much did those experiences for you, for Marcus, for Jason, kind of help you guys get to the place you got to last year and where you're trying to go this year? I think that experience, you know, experience is the best teacher. You know, early on, being able to be thrown into, you know, high intense moments, you know, where everybody's watching against some of the best players in the world, you know, have kind of led to, you know, cultivate the experiences that we get to see now. You know, the growth, you know, the amount of basketball maturity, how to win games, um, all of that, you know, comes into play. So it should be fun playing against one of the arguably the greatest player of all time in LeBron James. KJ and Don Darrow, WEEI, good Saturday to you. That's Jalen Brown talking about getting ready for the, I don't want to call it obviously, obviously Lakers-Celtics are a big matchup. It's a Saturday night preview. They're doing this whole, yeah. 
What is we it? know Jalen Rodney Brown Reed. listens to this show on the way to the garden, so he's listening right now. So be uh, be aware. Be very careful. Yeah. Well, he, well yeah, I have to be just be careful, but be aware. Be aware. I'm, there's Listen, no I, I'm not saying at all that I, I want to be clear for Celtics people out there. Like I'm a Celtics. I, I'm a, as big of a fan as you'll find. I think that they're fine. I think that Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, whatever's going on at the end of games, they will figure out. They will get there. I just think it's a thing that Tatum has struggled closing out games during the last 10 seconds of tied games or games where you need to make a shot at the buzzer. And Brown, I do think, gets a little tight during late-game free throws, big free throws late in the game. I think those things are real, and I think they're a thing. And when you're as good as the Celtics, you can nitpick those types yeah, of things. Yeah, but here's the thing I'm nitpicking. It's the biggest thing. It's the defense, okay, right? The Celtics, at one, at 112 a game, they're giving up. Last year it was 104. Here's who's better in terms of giving up points against their opponents than the Celtics. The Bucks, the Nets, the 76ers, the Heat, and the Cavs. So that's literally a minefield of teams that you're going to see in the playoffs. Now, put it in perspective, last year, the Celtics were number one at 104. The number two team, the Heat. In the West, the best team was the Mavericks at 104. The second best, the Warriors. You're literally looking at the four teams that made up your conference finals. Defense matters. And so if they can't improve that defensive number, yeah, I'm not as worried about the Nets just because, you know, Ben Simmons isn't scoring and you just don't know the viability of Kevin Durant when he comes back because it's yet another injury. But if you see someone like the 76ers and the Bucks who are defending points-wise better than they were, because last year the Bucks they were one of those teams that was kind of floating up there where they were giving up about 112. But you, the Celtics could outscore them and outdefend them. So th- the idea is if you've got these teams like the Bucks, the Sixers, the Heat, the Cavs, some of these teams that pro, uh, pro, uh, provide size issues and can better defend, there's where my concern is. So now is the time to probably really start putting the foot on the gas when it comes to stepping up the defense. Tonight would be a great example because you've got a returning Anthony Davis. LeBron is chasing uh, Kareem's number. Uh, uh, Russell Westbrook is, has accepted his role as a sixth man. So even though they're sitting in a, an uncomfortable space, if you if you knew that, hey, if the Lakers win tonight, they would only be like, Two games at, for, away from 500, you're like, whoa, they were much worse at one point. So this is a dangerous game in terms of not being able to solidify what you can do talent-wise overall, which is team defense. What stat That's were what, you looking at, team defense, KJ? What was the one you... Yeah, no, points a game. Points a game. Points a, per opponents game. Opponents, points per game? Yes. Yeah, so that's so better than the Celtics are the Bucks, the Nets, the 76ers, the Heat, and the Cavs. Where last year, nobody was better in the East. In fact, second to them were the Heat. And in the West, the Mavs were best at the points uh, against for opponents, and the Warriors were number two. And those four teams were your conference finals. It is a concern. It is a concern, especially when you list it. It's not like you're listing teams that are atop that list right now that aren't in contention. You know what right. I mean? Those right. are all teams in contention. I'd like to think maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the coaching staff won't allow it. Maybe the culture has changed too much. But I'd like to think that when the time comes, the Celtics are going to be able to dip into some of that defensive prowess we've seen in the past and rise to the occasion. You know, I hope that's not too far-fetched, but that's what I'd like to think right now. Well, you think, well, now you see, I think, ultimately, the super importance of Marcus Smart to this team, right? Because if turnovers have been some of the issues, I think in Orlando game, I think Tatum had seven turnovers. We've seen a few of those games. 
I would say once you get above two turnovers per game, right? Because let's say if a player averages two steals a game or under two steals a game, then you probably shouldn't give up more than two turnovers a game, right? So when you start seeing games where you, one player has seven, another has three, or both of them have four apiece, now you can almost see a correlation because that's what happened in that Knicks game, right? You're literally talking about there's 10 extra points that you potentially left on the court in a turnover difference, and you lose the game by, what, two? So these are those little small things that if you're a championship-caliber team, and you are, these are things that shouldn't even be things that are discussed or showing up, even though we're at the end of January. You could say it was January. Let's just call it February, and the trade deadline is just down the road. So, again, when Marcus Smart comes back, I think some of those things will handle He's been an exceptional distributor. His defense has still been right there, and he's been taking the shots that have been on point and selective. Brogdon, I think, is the sixth man of the year. I don't think there should be any question. It's amazing because right now the odds-on favorite is Russell Westbrook. It's like, how's a guy who's willing to take a demotion now up for a promotion, but then there's a guy who you clearly see the difference. If you don't have Brogdon on this team, you're talking about a team that might be struggling with 5-6 just because of his points off the bench. So they have those pieces that needed to be addressed from last year. But what I'm not seeing that they've had all along is that ability to just kind of mud hole stomp with defense. And now, in fairness, Robert Williams hasn't been here for the whole time, but now he's back. But now more than ever is the time to really step into that. Yeah, well, they better figure it out because the roster allows for it. you got guys up and down that team who are plus defenders. I don't even need to talk about Marcus Smart, Robert Williams. Jason Tatum is a plus defender. Jalen Brown is a plus defender. Uh, Grant Williams is a plus defender. Derek White is a plus defender leading the freaking league in blocks as a guard or whatever. He's number two. Like, they've got guys that can play defense. So it comes down to just making the choice. And if that was ever the reason that they were eliminated, that would be a travesty. Yeah, so clearly tonight, I don't think the Celtics will lose a fourth straight game. Because if it is, oh my gosh, you won't want to miss a single moment of the talk all next week. Because uh, this is not the storyline that this team was looking at another Saturday night loss on national television than the pundits. And, and you're right. You, you mentioned it before. Jalen Brown listens to the station. I don't think he listens to Wiggy anymore. That's for sure. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, kidding. I don't know if he's listening. Oh, well, you know, well, you remember the whole thing about like, you yeah. know, Wiggy had heard Wiggy from some guy in a cigar bar yeah. and all that. Yeah. Okay, so, so yeah, clearly, you know, something is heard, but in terms of what goes on in the national media, I think if there's an opportunity to kind of reduce the whole Talk of Jason Tatum as MVP, and that's kind of happened, which was the strong talk early. And then also now the question is, you know, are the Celtics really that dominant? Is the, Are the 76ers the real team that you have to watch for where they've got a bench that knows their role because of Embiid being out for an extended period of time and the same thing with Harden? And they've gotten the, the whole drama with Ben Simmons is now over, so this is the team that I would be concerned about moving forward, and this is why I say you'd have to step up for the defense because, you know, what is the answer that you have for both Embiid and for James Harden? And that's a that's an in out situation that you say, you know, this is it's not going to be outscoring them. I think that they are going to step up. I am not, and I know you didn't do this, but I'm not at all even ready to remotely accept having the conversation are the Celtics frauds or something like that. I'm no, not going no, there at no, all. No, 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 no. That's 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 hyperbole right there. I'm just saying I think that the Celtics will rise to the occasion when the time comes. I believe that. Now, yes, are there concerns? Are there things, trends that we see that we don't like? Of course. It's January. It's the dog days of the NBA season for a team that is coming off of a finals appearance and has been lights out all year, basically. They're going to go through lulls. This is going to happen. I'm not 
panicking. I just think that this team needs to find a way to get back on track and then to, yeah, play a little bit more defense and to generate a little bit of a different identity in regards to how they defend all game long, but especially at the end of games. I ultimately think, though, they're going to be fine. By the way, did you see this story uh, uh, coming out of Philadelphia where Daryl Morey blamed the Boston media for Joel Embiid not being an all-star starter? Did you well, vote I, for? Did you not vote for Embiid, KJ? No, I mean, you know what? And if the thing is, I think with Embiid that he doesn't realize is that his fingers do too much talking, and his game sometimes gets ignored because of it, right? Joel and Joel Embiid has to realize that is until you dethrone Jokic, who's a walking triple double, that's who your competition is. Not some city with a bunch of fans who are going to vote for their guy. That's going to happen. But your issue is that there's a guy in Denver who's eating your lunch in any conversation of who's the best big man in the league, who's the who's the you you got to draft a team, you got to take a big man who's the first one you take. It's Jokic. So you know, look, your problem is not Boston, and it's not the people voting. What, what is it? The Gillette slips. You remember those where you get a you know Gillette and you fill it out, you know, slide it in, you just stuff them with you know, forty. I, mean, I remember the, the, like the baseball ones at the park. You punch the holes. Yeah, well, this one where you used to take the little pencil and you'd fill it out and you'd stuff them with like 40 ballots at once. You know, all of them, all all Tatum, you know, Tatum, 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 Tatum. But look, yeah, Joel Embiid, you know, if if that's what you're going to be crying about, keep crying about that stuff. So that way when it comes down to an Eastern Conference final, you're so busy yapping about things that don't matter about on the court that you're so distracted. This is the perfect fan base to have that. You know, you start seeing fans holding up, you know, <laughs> hanging chads for for Joel Embiid's voting for the NBA and 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 really get under his skin. Yeah, yeah. cuz I don't believe well, I, I don't know I, I, I don't I know why Daryl Morey's talking about this because it's not you know, what there's too many Boston media members voting for Jason Tatum and your gripe shouldn't be with Tatum. Well, here's the other thing. There are more people in Philadelphia in greater Philadelphia than there is in greater Boston. So Whatever. like there, Well, there is. So no, like, I know, that, and I you're right. But yeah, so Tatum's averaging 31 a game, and, and the Celtics are the best team in the league. You tell me he shouldn't be an all-star starter? No, no, because you would look at it as position more so than, you know, the top five getters, you know, because it'd be all guards. But, yeah, Embiid, and it, look, Embiid is going to lose out on that voting number for big man because of Jokic. He's just got to know that. That's the reason. Now, he's, that's not, not because of Tatum, right? Tatum really is the guy who's kind of going after Durant or getting into – he cuts into some of Durant's numbers – that's what happened, I think, last year with the MVP situation. But he's not cutting into Joel Embiid's numbers. I don't. I mean, I, Joel Embiid should be an All Star starter based on his numbers. But I'm sorry, and I know people won't like this. The basketball purists. I would much rather watch Antetokounmpo, Durant, or Tatum than Joel Embiid. I just well, think well, the way you, you can. That's the thing about the All Star game. You can play. You can play Giannis at center if you right, want to. Right. I'd rather watch those guys that can dribble and yeah. create off the dribble. Not that Embiid can't dribble, but he's slower, he's bigger, he's more. I know he has great touch and skill for a big man, a guy that size. But in terms of like the dribbling and dri- shooting off the dribble, I'd much rather rather watch those other guys. So I don't plus, really care. Plus, plus, there's nothing. I've I've not seen anything like Jokic in my entire career. Like that guy is something special. Like I think oh, like if huh? like Pau Gasol on steroids, and Gasol was a great player. Oh, it's. I think it's even twice that. I mean, it's almost like you almost start to say, "What point guard does he does he equate to?" You yeah, know, like that's that's how good he is. So Joel Embiid is nowhere near that category, and maybe that's that's where the real jealousy should lie. You know, like, and, and that's the other thing. You know, the, sometimes because of the reputation that people want to put on Boston about the fan base and so forth and everything, I think some of these players try to purposely dive headfirst into a three foot pool and seeing what type of 
result they'll get. So he knows that when he comes here because the 76ers will be here uh, on February 8th, right? So he's probably thinking, like, come February 8th, yeah, I've not made the All-Star team. It's because of and the fans in Boston. So he's probably going to say something silly and stupid what probably around stupid Tuesday. What's thing to bring up, though? The Boston media kept your guy off the All-Star team? Yeah, I mean, I'll the be fan like, votes fifty percent. What? It's just ridiculous. Get yeah, out that's of my why, face. With that's that. why return me like, yeah, uh, Nikola Jokic doesn't play for this team. However, he plays in your head, Joel, <laughs> Joel Embiid. This yeah, listen, I, I don't mean to go back to this, but I, I cannot wait for these freaking games tomorrow. Like this, I think, and I know the Bills. Everybody was talking about the Bills. Yeah, but the the four that we got for tomorrow is as good of a final four as I can remember in terms of the juiciness, the teams being hot, the 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 celebrity star quarterbacks, the the just everything. The storylines. Yeah, yes. there's no dud at anywhere to be found. With these two matchups, I can't uh, wait for those games. But if, if if there is a feeling of a dud, it would be that Philly game. Why? Like if because if Brock Purdy just absolutely just loses his colostomy bag. Sure, field, sure. But he's you know? seven and zero, oh, man. I mean, you shouldn't expect him to just completely yeah, but people, implode. But but people who tell you who rolled dice will tell you. You know that eighth roll is usually when Snake Eyes hits. So yeah. I, that's that's the other thing. And 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 then the other part of it is, do you want to see a rookie quarterback in the Super Bowl? Potentially get annihilated by either Kansas City or or by you know or by the Bengals. So that's the other play of it. Like San Francisco is the one team I don't want to see in the Super Bowl out of the four. But here's the thing, though, KJ. Yeah, a rookie quarterback has never brought a team to a Super Bowl. So if he does that, if he wins in Philadelphia, didn't Dan Marino do it? But lost. I I think uh, was it his rookie year. Yeah, his rookie year. Rookie year. I think it's his rookie year that he made. He took them to the Super Bowl, but they lost, and they never went back because that was the I'll whole thing about. Him. I did not think that was his rookie year. I thought that was his second year, but I could be wrong. Um, but if he gets, forget about what he is, a rookie or whatever. Yeah. If this kid who's in his first seven starts, if he finds a way to win in Philadelphia against yeah. that team, how loaded they are in that venue, I mean. All bets are off for the Super Bowl. Like that will probably be a good game because of how how stacked San Francisco is coming off of good wins against a good Dallas team, and then at Philly, and then go into the Super Bowl. They'll be up for any opponent that they face. Yeah, it's Marino's second year. He was second owned, year. Yeah, he lost the, he, the in his rookie year. He lost that game. So he is. So that's never happened. So that would so be a big happened. thing. And I think it's a big thing. Not that this matters for Boston or whatever, but I do think it's a big moment for him personally, Brock Purdy, yeah. because if he wins. And you take that team to the Super Bowl in your rookie year. I don't know how you go away from him going into next year and trying to build off that momentum. If he loses, especially if it looks bad, yeah. then it's like, well, all right, that was a nice little run, but then you lost in the AFC Championship game, a la Ben Roethlisberger, and we can start looking at other options, or it can just be an open competition next year with Trey Lance or Jimmy, whatever happens. I, I think he he might win the job next year if he wins this game. So it's a big moment for him, obviously. Well, I think also the Brock Purdy story is well. There's no excuse for anybody who's drafted before him because nobody was drafted after him. So where Brady is the sixth round story that all these people passed on him. He's born in a sixth round manger. Little did no one wanted poor Tom. But now it's like okay, Brock Purdy was Mister Irrelevant. This mean that this guy was like on what is it, uh, Ryan and Kelly? Like you know, yeah, Mister Irrelevant. They gave me a tour of, of whatever and stuff like that, but now you're you're a game away from the Super Bowl. So what does that mean for someone like Mac Jones? What does that mean for someone like um, uh, Trey Lance or Zach Wilson? 
for these guys, or, or even Justin Fields, some of these guys who still have a future, but now the pressure is even greater because this guy was able to show what could be done at the highest level of the game while you're trying to figure out things to do during the regular seasons of the game. So Brock Purdy's success puts, I think, a good pressure on quarterbacks like I think the first, probably Zach Wilson and Mac Jones are going to be the two that are going to be most in the crosshairs if if, if Brock Purdy is able to get this team to the Interesting Super Bowl. Justin Fields a little bit. Uh, yeah, but I think Chicago says they know what they have, right? But if you're talking about the Jets, they clearly don't know what they have. And here in New England, you're trying to figure out if, if, if this is who you're moving forward with, right? So Zach Wilson, clearly a much worse situation than what's here in New England. But here in New England, it's not something that's set in stone saying, yeah, this is our guy. Because now with Brock Purdy, now are you tempted to go look for a guy in the fourth or fifth round and believe that, hey, you can coach him up? Or someone like a Bailey Zappi starts to get more life because they're like, if a sixth-round guy can do it who's taken absolutely last, then why can't the third-round guy have a shot at doing it here? And this first-round guy that we have now, even though we're not paying him all in the world, he's going to work something – he's going to want something substantial, and we know in the NFL – is you don't get rid of a quarterback unless you have a plan for who's the next quarterback. Yeah, I'm Justin Fields, I'm not sold on. I, he's done some nice things. He's made some nice plays, but I don't know if he's the guy for sure. He could be a – like, I think he could be trending like a Dak Prescott right now. You know, he's all right. Yeah. You get him some weapons. He's fine. I don't know if he's special, though. Yeah, well, you know, I think too much of the running um, – well, is going to catch up with him because that's not who he was before he came into the league, right? This is something he's invented himself to be, where, say, Lamar Jackson always was a runner yeah. and developed a, somewhat of an arm. Fields was kind of like, I'm an arm guy and I can run if I have to. Now it's running at all costs. And, I, I, you know, running game comes along with that, probably weather as well. So if he's in Chicago, him part having the running game in the late season games, if they've got important games, is going to be a factor. Right? Who are their it's weapons? You know, they, they, he needs, like everybody else, Chase he needs Claypool, weapons, they he needs got, coaching. Yeah. If yeah. he could get the weapons in co- he doesn't have either, really. If well, he gets it, he could be like, somebody's laughing on me. Well, the uh, other thing, in fairness to him, I know we don't get deep into Justin Fields, is they did strip their defense, right? So they said, okay, we're going to let our defensive pieces go. Um, Roquan Smith, uh, I forgot the guy whose name is with the Eagles now, Um so you let those guys go. You say, okay, we're going to probably put more emphasis on building around the offense and take our chances in the division we're in where you don't really believe that the lines are going to be this continually upward trending team. You think they might have a slip. You see that Minnesota can't defend anything. Green Bay is on some wobbly legs. So you might say, hey, we need to trade for some offense however we get it. I think with the Patriots, it's a totally different story where – you have an established offense in Buffalo. You have a growing and established offense in Miami. The Jets are still a question, but they've got a very strong defense. And with the Patriots, you've got a very good defense, but you're still trying to figure out your offense. So you, that's what's dangerous about the Patriots. They could easily be a, a last-place team again next year just because of what's happening with other teams, yeah. just in the AFC. No, it, that's true. That's true, especially depending on what happens with the Jets, what happens with – it's a, it's a bigger – um, more jam-packed conference now, and yeah. that's the problem. And we just went through the tiers: Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, Herbert, Jackson, Lawrence, and that's not even including what happened. I mean, what if Aaron Rodgers ever came to the Jets? That that would be another two-year problem or whatever. Yeah, you know? I, I I think that's just more conjecture of New York wanting a story. Sure. I think honestly, if there's anybody who would go after Aaron Rodgers, it would be uh, Jerry Jones. 
Like after the, what? After you tweet, I don't think out, he's going to give up on Dak. Uh, oh no! What, did you see the tweet the team put out? The official st- statement no. from the oh we're, oh yeah, look it up, man. The, they said the Cowboys suffered because of the ineffective play of Dak. Prescott. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That okay. Yeah, when you tweet that out as an organization, you're you're thinking and scheming of a way. And if Aaron Rodgers is due sixty this year, and Dak Prescott is still due another sixty on his deal, you might be on the phone with Green Bay and saying, you know what? We will take that contract and take some of that and take care of some of your dead cap if you need that. Because Jerry Jones is like, I need to win right now. He's looking for a one year deal quarterback. And that might be Aaron Rodgers where in New York. New York's gonna want him to stay for three years. And Aaron Rodgers, I don't even think was gonna stay in Green Bay if everything was great for three years. I don't so think, I don't think that Jerry Jones is is associated with the Dallas Twitter handle. Um The Cowboys? With Look, the Cowboys, it's, 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 he's the owner of the team. The you don't think he knows that goes out. The 49ers fascinate me because if they don't, let's say it's a disaster for for Brock Purdy in this game mm-hmm. and they lose. I, you feel, I, I would feel like at that point you have to go for either Brady or Rodgers. You've been sitting on the windowsill for way too long and eventually that thing is going to shut hard and fast. If you don't go for it now, you've tried all these other quarterbacks. You don't like Lance, obviously. Jimmy Garoppolo is not your guy. You're out on him. Purdy, you know, whatever, depending on what happens in this game. If you're really a quarterback away, I think both Rodgers, as much of a distaste as I have for Rodgers and his leadership, right? I think Rodgers or I have my reservations about Tom Brady on the field nowadays. I think either one, though, would give you a better chance if Purdy does prove to be a flop in this game. He might it, have to do it. It makes sense, but you, you got Trey Lance getting about nine million a year, so you're going to have him just sit there at about nine million. It's I different. Know, they than traded Love. the world for him. Well, but even but even now you're paying nine million a year for him, right? On his four year deal, somewhere right in there, just under nine. Different than say Jordan Love, where you're paying him about three million a year. So if he's sitting at three million and he's on the bench, that's not as bad. Versus, hey, we've got this slot where nine million dollars could be used towards something else, and you can't give up on Trey Lance. So. Maybe you have that advantage because Purdy's number is so low that you bring in a Brady, maybe not the Aaron Rodgers, because now you're getting into such a crazy number. So, yeah, it makes sense that you could get Brady in there with Purdy and Trey Lance still as your backups, and you're not paying more than $12 million or so for your backups there, and you have Brady for kind of a one-year run. But then you would ask, okay, then who's the quarterback after Brady? Because Brady's not going to do it for more than a year. So are are you setting this team up for Brock Purdy to be the inheritance? Or or you still have Trey Lance that, like you said, you gave up all this stuff for, and he has a total different skill set than what Brady's going to present out there. It'd be right. If the guy leads into the Super Bowl, that's a thing. So you are going to have to really make some decisions. I mean, that is a huge deal, especially if he goes through Philadelphia, and especially if he makes some plays in the yeah, game. Yeah, but Trey that Lance has played a game and a half. There's no real value. You can't sit there and say, I know. Who wants the guy when there's literally no tape on the guy and the only tape you have on the guy is him getting injured? It's all a very interesting comment. It is. Right? It's, what it's are you going to do, just... play him just because he's been there? and he hasn't, like If the guy's winning, the guy you have in there who's a rookie, you play him for right. the Super Bowl. That's, yeah. I mean, that's a big deal. Yeah, I just don't know how you get off of Trey Lance when no one, you have no value to show what you're giving to somebody. It's, well, figure out a way. Because yeah, that, it sounds you, easier than you like a, You could argue that's a good problem to have if they get to the Super Bowl and they're sold on Purdy. Figuring out what to do with Lance and having him around, that's a good problem to have. KJ and Dondero, we wrap the show next here on WEEI. Thank you so much for being here. 
KJ and Don Darrow on WEEI. Boston Sports Original. Yeah! Turn it up, Stiz, turn it up! KJ and Don Darrow, thank you so much for hanging out with us on WEEI. Appreciate Arcan for letting us hold your receipt. Next time we'll come with guns and take it. Thank you. Um, look, if you missed any of the show, it's on the Odyssey app. It's free. Type in W-E-E-I. Brings you right here. You can rewind any parts of the show. Brad Foe show coming up in 10 minutes. Brad Foe show. Uh, you know you know what's interesting? Like, his baseball isn't boring campaign is really gaining legs. Like, it has stick figures for its logo, so that's what I mean by yeah, legs. Yeah, he was supposed to get me a shirt, and then he pissed me off, so I told him I didn't yeah, want Yeah, how do you not get a shirt when it's not a? It's not like there's like 48 colors in the shirt and it costs a lot to print? I mean, you can do that stuff at home, sure. He probably prints them up at home. Yeah, I don't know what he does, but I don't have one, so I can't promote it. Well, you know what? Honestly, I don't. I don't want to say baseball's boring. I say the sabermetrics are boring, right? Like, like God bless Scott Rowland in there, but you want to talk about like, can I watch Little House on the Prairie simultaneously as he's being inducted in? Like, and I and I guess maybe the word love is missing out of all these stats. Like, you just go down the line and look at some of these players. Who are the guys that made you say, "I've got to stop and see what they are going to do"? Yeah, but and baseball I, is a statistical game. I understand that, but I don't know. I think there well, are other guys well, that could have well, been. Well, no, a- I'll give you a great argument. There was an argument at one time that Reggie Jackson struck out too much and that the only reason why he was going to get into the Hall of Fame is if he got to 500 home runs. Yet forget that the dude hits four home runs in the World Series, you know, mi- you know, Mr. October, all these other things. It's it's like, you know, because Royal Rumble is coming on tonight and I can't wait. It's like saying Hulk Hogan was a great wrestler. No, he was a great entertainer and made you watch wrestling. He's not the best wrestler oh, wrestling ever. Wrestling is just a TV show. What do you mean the best wrestler? Come on. But, but that used to be an argument. It's like, oh, he's not a quality technical wrestler like Bob Backlund is. No one cared because Bob Backlund was boring. Hogan was exciting. Thunderlips was actually a real wrestler. And like, all you need is a leg drop and point and put your cup your ear. That's all you needed to do. I mean, if you look at Scott Rowland, you look at Dale Murphy. Why isn't Dale Murphy in the Hall of Fame? Okay, because why is Dale, it Mark Grace in the Hall Dale of Fame Murphy, if Scott Rowland is in? Dale Murphy never moved the needle. Like I would say, at least with Scott Rowland, he saw postseason play. Dale Murphy didn't sniff postseason at all. I guess, but I mean, you know, Mark Grace did he ever play? I don't even remember. Did he ever play in the playoffs with the Cubs? Yeah, know. he made it. He made it in the playoffs with. The, but Mark Grace. But what did injuries, he do? What did Rowland do? He was he won the World Series. He wasn't like an MVP of the World yeah, Series. You know what? Anything. When I think of Scott Rowland, he's like that was an impressive play on a snatch behind third. Yeah, you know, like like Todd, like Remember next year with the Todd, Phillies, he was it, good. You, what it comes down to is this: is because Bonds and, and and Clemens are not in, everything becomes so much more glaring. Like you'll hear names like Dave Parker and Keith Hernandez, and I would say go look up the Pittsburgh drug trials and find out why that might be some of the talk of why they're not in. You know, like but in, but there, none of these guys that are getting in are guys that I love to see. Like, even Manny with the questions with him, and what was he taking, like, red, red clover, clover blossom, that stuff for estrogen in your system? He's taking, it was I forgot what it was he was taking. But my goodness, you know, like, tell me you weren't excited to see what Manny was going to do coming to the plate, and then tell me that you weren't thinking, like, oh, yeah, Scott Rowland's up. I put all those guys in. All those guys. I mean, you just acknowledge that they use the performance-enhancing drugs. But A-Rod and Bond, like, those are the best players ever. To play. You, still gotta, you, awesome. you still gotta hit the ball. Oh, you know, like man, get awesome. get on the guys that are about LASIK more so than guys on steroids. Go look like at the, if I'm just saying. Those A-Rod highlights from the like the days with the Mariners. I mean, he was 
that, that guy was one of the best to ever play. It's a shame you, that that you, guy in Boston. You love Indian. to see those guys. Yep. Get it right or nobody's going to Cooperstown except for to catch the next bus to the next town. All right, good to be with you, KJ. You too, man. Remember, follow at Mark Dundero on Twitter, at KJ Carson, at WEEI. Have a great Saturday. See ya! T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.